Too Many Comics, episode 186. Brooks, this is a big one. Is it, though? We saw the biggest movie of all time. Oh, God. So should we just should we should we just jump right in? I mean that's not first in our list, but but I think that's the biggest news. Um, we we both obviously right. saw Avengers along with millions of other people who have paid upwards of one point two one point five billion to smash worldwide records and over three hundred million to beat U.S. records. Uh, biggest movie of all time, uh, opener of all time. I assume in its run right. it will surpass. It, it has to. Yeah, it's it's got to. Is that like Avatar? Is that still Avatar? That? Yeah, and then Titanic's number two still. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, by the way, because I have never actually seen Avatar the whole way through. I haven't seen it one second through. Really? Yeah. I mean, really? <laughs> Buh. What? All right. So let's talk Endgame. All right. So listen. I mean, I was actually discussing this today with somebody after work. I will say, I if think... you're listening to this show after yeah, the week that came out, spoilers. Yeah, we're yeah, going to talk yeah, spoilers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, fuck yourself. You, at this point, if you watch this, listen to this show, then why are you? Why have you not seen it yet? Yeah. So I feel like Avengers: Infinity War and Avengers: Endgame are to me like Kill Bill volumes one and two. Kill Bill one is a lot of flash, a lot of like craziness, a lot of like you know whatever. Mm-hmm. And I view Infinity Wars. We finally get to see all these people come together for a thing, right? And it's crazy, 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 crazy. And then volume two. Uh, is a little more, is a little bit quiet, smaller cast, a little more depressed that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna, well, I'm not, I'm not gonna straight spoil the ending, but to, so, so it, it was not to me like a, like a rock and roll adventure, but it was a very good journey for people that have seen all of these movies, 22 of them mm-hmm. over, over years and years. It was, it was very satisfying that way. Yes. In that way, they did a, a great job. There's, Tons of callbacks to previous movies, um, you know, references to to things that would make comic fans happy. Yeah, uh, you know, scenes that you know appear to come out of books. They, they what Marvel got right with this movie is what they get right with most of all of them, and it's exactly all the things that DC gets wrong, and then just uh, appeasing to the nerds that enjoy their stuff. And you know, I loved even the the little things like calling back to. And and I picked up on it um, mainly because I just had recently watched the original Iron Man again. But when he gets back to the United States, all he wants is a hamburger before going to that press conference. Yep. And there at the end of the goddamn movie is Happy sitting with Tony's daughter talking about getting her hamburgers. She wants a hamburger. Your dad really loved hamburgers. I'm going to get you all the hamburgers in the world. I'm like, from the very first movie, that's all he wanted when he came back. Like, this, this, is, this is how it started. Like, something I mean, stupid I mean, as that. I mean, there was the fact that they brought the kid back from Iron Man three yes. in like the third row of the funeral. That's pretty large. I yeah. thought it was. I, there, there was the thing where um, Cap gets in the elevator where they flash back to get one. I can't remember which stone this was. I'm, I'm all. I'm all. I'm all stars and garters yeah. here. Uh, and he gets, and he goes hail Hydra to make them be like I'm in on this, which is a callback to Jonathan Hickman's making Cap a Hydra agent, which is one of the most controversial storylines of all time in comics. I was like, "Yep, nod to that, nod to that." By the way, oh my god, I'm trying. Just I, 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 I don't even know where to begin. I, I, I'm like, I, I really do feel like my chest hurts like I went to the gym with all of the anxiety and the mm-hmm. and the heart the heart pumping. <laughs> and I even had to watch Game of Thrones. We won't discuss that here. After the almost immediately after this movie, I'm dying. I am I am over the top stressed about all the stuff. Favorite? Can you favorite moment of the movie? Favorite moment. What do you got? Oh, man. Favorite moment? 
What? Give me, give me a moment. One singular moment. One singular moment. Good God. Yeah, give it to me. Uh, what do you have? Um, what, what do you have? I mean, Stanley? I have to go back through. Like, I'm just going to start. Just to you know, it's been a few days. I mean, I saw it Thursday. We're recording this on Tuesday. Um, let me just start naming some moments off the top of my head that thoroughly enjoyed. Um, the cap fighting cap was good. Okay, um, I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I I enjoyed just like Carol. Uh, Captain Marvel coming in, just that whole part, just her yep. being all the, I do believe um, I feel cheated by how little she was in the movie. Yeah, and that that's a critique that I've I've seen around. I think it's a yeah. I saw a story maybe yesterday that was that's the danger of they introduced some super powerful character right before this movie came out, and then it's like she destroyed that whole ship by herself, which was fucking awesome. But yes, it like, was. The, but then the begs the question of why isn't she just destroying all these dudes by herself then? I mean, yes, uh, I did enjoy watching her briefly engage with Thanos mm-hmm. both t- both times. Yes, when he punched her and she kind of just looked at him in the face. Yeah, I thought that was great. Uh, Cap with with the hammer was awesome. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, listen, man. I mean, I, I was accused of being too stoic in this movie. I, I, I don't know where you are. Like, I was in this as if I was just like. Well, it's like my kid going off to college. <laughs> like, I, I I cannot believe the stress I'm feeling with this. I can't believe like I, I'm overwhelmed. Uh, I, I mean, I again, I, I chuckled here and there. I I, I, get, I don't clap in movies. I might have done like a little bit of like Fusilli Jerry, like uh, Pez clapping around. The, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm yeah. Okay. But when he grabbed that fucking hammer, I for sure let a woo. I don't. <laughs> I definitely, definitely was like touched, goosebumpy, uh, sweaty. Which that, begs that, the question: In Ultron, was he acting like he couldn't lift it the whole time? So I looked, I looked that up, and I think that I think because Steve is so, Steve, we're, we're buddies, right? <laughs> Me and Cap. I, I want to say, yeah, I think that I don't think it became so much more woke between now and uh, in game. I think that was his way of saying, you know what, Thor, this is your thing. For in a room of us just chilling, mm-hmm. but when, but when the chips are down, I got this hammer and let's take care of it. Nice. Don't you uh, think? Yeah, I loved the I loved the the scene with with Tony and Howard when he's back in the was at the seventies. He goes back and has the conversation with him. Um, there were so many moments that were that they, I mean they had it all. You had the the action, a lot of sentimental moments. Yes, uh, very emotional at times. Right. I mean the the Thor stuff was funny. Um, I mean, but, you get to see him he, he as also when he recalled Mjolnir in general, having gone back to Dark World, which they were doing that movie in my mind. Mm-hmm. When, when he was like, when he threw his hand out, it was like, what? When he, actually, he was like, oh, wait, I'm back in time. Uh-huh. And he fucking grabbed that hammer. Jesus. Still worthy. Oh, How did they convince Natalie Portman to be in this movie for it's hot it. 30 seconds? It didn't. That was actually footage they did not use from Dark World. Really? Just so, yes, it was. But they did convince her to do a voiceover. Hmm. Interesting. So there you go. Um, I looked into it. I mean, you, you, you had like Valkyrie do a, a walk on. Uh-huh. You had, I mean, I don't know what to do. I'm just, I, I thought that was great. I mean, Smart Hawk was good. The shot in the diner I mean, with them taking <laughs> the, the back and forth between he and Ant Man. Um, about the kids not being Ant Man fans, like, just, just just take the goddamn phone. <laughs> just take I, the damn phone. I, I, I mean, but what are your? Yeah, it was good. What are your thoughts on? I mean, like, I didn't love that Vision had no role. 
I, I realize he was outside of the snap. I get it. Yeah. I, I didn't like that. Um, I struggle with them not quite not knowing maybe what to do with Scarlet Witch. <laughs> you took everything from me. I don't even know you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that was good. But, like, in terms of, I mean, I guess her powers in these movies aren't quite what they are in the in the books quite yet. Um, sure, sure. In terms of just, like, decimating whole races of people. But, yeah, I mean, she just, like, shows up, has the battle with him, and then is defeated. And then, so, like, the WandaVision TV show is going to be, like, set back in time, and Vision's going to be around. Uh, I mean, I just think, it sucks yeah, It sucks that he was not back at all, because those two are, you know, not no pun intended. I mean, they're a power couple that I think could be explored way more as they go on, like, beyond these core Avengers that you know, most likely are going to see their roles diminish a little bit, except for possibly Thor, since he's now a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. The Asgardians of the Galaxy? Yes, indeed. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so much good stuff. I need to go I see know. it again. You know, here's the thing. I wish that I could prove that I bought a ticket to the movie. I went to see said movie. I've got a kid at home. I, I got a full-time job and freelance work. It's very hard to find another four hours to go see this state of the movie. Let me pay you like 50 bucks. I might pay upwards of 100 bucks to be able to just own this thing right now at home and watch it over like two or three days on my own TV with my own stuff. There's no way I'm going to be able to last like six months for this thing or to come out for home purchase. I'm going to have to sneak out at work sometime. I really think that. I need to well, see this movie talk- again. Well, we talked about this yesterday. I mean, is this something that I have to do? I need to do see I- it again. Th- do I need to come home to do this? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, I, need to see some, I can't was, only see this once. Was somebody mean to you? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, job well done, uh, MCU. I realized that we have Spidey after this. God, it was so good. Jesus Christ. And, you know, actually, I want I, I, people that are also the um, bringer of snacks, which I like. Mm-hmm. I had a peanut butter uh, pretzels happening. I had a, a, a jug of water. Um, yeah. I actually did uh, – I, I claimed to have to go to the bathroom. I actually had to leave my seat and go to the back of the theater and lean against the wall because I was so stressed. <laughs> I was I was so stressed, dude. This is a big deal for our kind. It was so much fun. It was great. It really was. I loved it. it Every second. It, I mean, but, but to me, uh, Cap getting the hammer uh, was like I, – I, I was like, well, I, I have to – well, I'm dead now. And it, it was good. I mean, when the hammer comes flying through. I'm not expecting it to be hitting Cap's hand. Ugh. And that, motherfu- that motherfucker is just standing there ready to go. And my the everyone in my theater was like, ooh. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, listen, because I mean, at one point when, I remember thinking when Cap engaged Thanos, I was like, what are you going to do? I mean, I realize you're in peak physical condition in all ways, but you are still merely a man. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's, God damn it! Well, okay, we got, we gotta, we gotta move us. We have too much to to cover, or not. (laughs) (laughs) There was also the Gotham finale, which I have read about. Um, I was, I didn't mind reading spoilers because it's not a show that I've watched all the way through. Um, I've read about, I have not watched it yet. I did say that I was going to watch it, but I have read about it, know a little bit about how they played off Batman. Uh, But curious as to whether or not you watched it and uh, what you thought. Um, I mean, I think that having invested all this time in the show, I felt a certain level of stress, not nearly to the magnitude of what 
we experienced with, you know, obviously Avengers and even to a lesser extent Game of Thrones, which is which is it has three to go. I liked it. This it, it, to me, this is what the show should, should have been all along. We had a fully realized penguin, a fully realized Riddler. We had, you know, they, they're never going to say it was the Joker. He was on the scene. You know, our friend Francesca Root Dodson, you know, was also in it. I'm not going to – I don't want to spoil too much, but to me, I felt like, like I wish this was the show all along. I really enjoyed this flash-forwarding of like we have, we have gotten rid of the exposition, which I know you and I always say like I don't need to feel uh, educated on some of these plot points. I know where we are, mm-hmm. but it was great. And in fact, I mean I think you should watch it because I, I know that there is – they took some liberties with characters and their origins and blah, 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 blah. But like I, I, I really liked what they did with – plus because you know like we, we interviewed Francesca Redotts on the show. We did. I think that you would enjoy this last and final uh, you know, output of it. Well, I plan I to watch en- it. I enjoyed it. I really did. I have a DVR. It's ready to go. All right. Get up in there. All right. Well, maybe by, by next week I will have seen it. Cool. Uh, and, you know, you uh, we teased it. You had another amazing interview uh, – not interview uh, – signing lined up at Midtown, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeff Lemire and Dustin Glenn. So, I mean, listen, there's no way I could not make this happen. So finally, finally, uh, these guys were signing a center number one, which we'll, we'll discuss later. I, I mean, I had to go, right? Mm-hmm, obviously. So, so, I mean, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of the gear that I would have brought ordinarily to a thing like this. So uh, a, a friend of mine generously agreed to go with me to go because you only get you get three books total. Three, including like the one that you – the Ascender book that you get, which I read had sold out. So I got a little stressed about that as well. So I picked that up lately. Like, like I'm talking super late Friday before this thing. Got two of those. Of course, one for you, buddy. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll add it to the list of things that I brought for you. Where's my thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had, I had the two of those. I had um, a Gideon Falls. I had two um, variants of Super Sons, and I had – one other thing. What did I have? Oh, of course, uh, Descender. But the the the, uh, the Jeff Lemire uh, variant. Get there. I got and I, I because it was on a Saturday. It started at three. I got there around two. So uh, amazingly, because uh, usually these things happen on like uh, Thursdays and Fridays or Wednesdays or whatever it is. Where it's like I have a job. I can't just like peace out. And they're always downtown. I work super uptown. Got there. I mean, I had this shit fucking zipped up. Within like 45 minutes. So all six are signed. Ready to go. They were not super chatty, but – and also I was a little bit tongue-tied. Like I just – I have so many things to discuss with both of them. Mm-hmm. And I found myself being like, sweet tooth and take Mr. Japper. Yeah, exactly. And I just wasn't in a position to do it the way that I would have done it normally. But I mean whereas with Tom King, when I had zero time to discuss the situation, could have been nicer, could have been uh, more you know genial and warm. In this case, I had a little more time. I was the one that was like, bye. So there you go. Well, at least you still got the signed copies of stuff. You still had a lot of fun. And uh, listen, you've, you're adding to a uh, running list now of some powerhouses that you have uh, met in person. Yeah. So we got – what do we got here? Uh, well, Ryan Kavon. Ryan Kavon was big. Jeff Lemire, Dustin Gwynn. Yep. Um, Donny, Donny Cates again. Donny Cates again. Matthew Rosenberg. Matthew Rosenberg. Uh, who did we see together? Uh, I, I, I met Charles Peter Tomasi. Tomasi. Charles Sewell. So you're making it happen is what we're saying. Uh, who was the woman that I met? Not Gail, Gail Simone. 
Yes. We talked to Kelly Thompson. That we did. That's how we roll. The Eisner-nominated best writer, Kelly Thompson. Yes, 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 yes. We can register to vote because we are connected to the comics industry. <laughs> I know. Can't, can we really? That's uh, I saw someone tease that out. I think it's probably worth actually trying, to be honest with you. That would be hilarious to the rest of you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, wait, can we go back? Okay, listen. If you have the right answers, it's fine. Kelly Thompson. To me, I feel great about that. I enjoyed the whole experience. Has it had any impact on our uh, fingerprints on the industry? Yeah, so we have, I think since posting it, uh, run a couple ads about it. We've gained almost 50 subscribers since then. That's good. Um, and it's it's right now, we'll, it will end up being the most downloaded uh, interview, I'm sure. What's numbers two? Uh, well, number, let's see, Joe Eisma has been around for really? a while and I used to run some ads to that. And we, we talked to him at the height of Morning Glories. Um, so that one's up there. Nathan Edmondson's up there. That was our first one. So it's been around long. Uh, right. Um, who else? Frank Barbieri's up there. Really? What about Francesca Bertazzi? Where is she? Uh, not the bottom, but closer to the bottom. We should have like pumped that up before like the finale of Gotham. All right. Well, let's not give away our numbers or anything. But uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we, can run, we can run some ads to it. But either way, it's got a lot of downloads. It's just a lot of these, we also didn't start doing interviews again until somewhat recently. So a lot of these ones that are at the top of the list have been around for, I mean, we interviewed Nathan Evanson almost three years ago, probably. What's so, that, dude? Yeah. Before I moved up here. So that's like three years of downloads that they can accumulate. Fine. What's he doing these days, all, by the that way? That is a good question. Damn. All right. We are, we are so off track here. Let's just jump right in here. All right. So we uh, reviewed, or uh, read, we'll, we'll review... Obviously, Ascender number one, Jeff Lemire, Dustin Gwen. Uh, this is the Honey Galaxy Part One. Powerhouse creative team, Jeff Lemire, Dustin Gwen, launch an all new sequel series to Descender with the launch of Ascender. Set 10 years after the conclusion of Descender's storyline, magic has taken the place of machinery and the rules are very different indeed. Mila, the daughter of Andy and Effie from Descender, spends her days exploring the lonely wilds of the planet Samson, trying to stay out of the clutches of the evil disciples of the all powerful vampire, vampire witch known as, only as Mother. But like her parents, Mila doesn't like to play by the rules. And when a certain robot pal of her dad shows up, nothing will ever be the same. With all the scope and heart of the sci-fi classic Descender, Lemire and Gwen reunite to take readers on an unforgettable fantasy quest. So, um, I, obviously, because we have so much history in this book, was super, super looking forward to it. And I've, I, to me, it doesn't feel like it's much of a departure, really. I mean, I, I feel like it, it, robots were already on the outs of the last book because of, like, the, the harvesters and what mm-hmm. have you. Yep. So we have this situation where there's a bit of a community, and you have to kind of submit to the rules. And if you don't, then you don't get, like, registered or something. Nothing. Yes. That whole concept. And um, this young lady comes through, and she's trying to sell stuff. And because she's not registered, she gets in trouble. And she makes it back home. And it it, was spoiled in the the description. She's Andy's kid. Yes. And Effie is no more. Yeah, it's true. She died of something. Mm-hmm. And we see Bandit at the end. Which I also really... Yeah. So we get an old pal. You know, we got... that. Here's the thing. It looks awesome, obviously, because Descender looked awesome. Dustin Gwynn is great. Um, I think by itself, I would be a little like, hmm, what's going on with this book here? Knowing where it's coming from, um, I'm obviously fully on board. Knowing that I believe they said it's going to be the same length as Descender was. So they've, we've got a lot of world building to do. 
a lot more that Jeff is going to uh, to unravel about the magic that takes place and sort of what the world is like 10 years after. Uh, so uh, I'm fully on board. These two obviously know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, hope to I mean, enjoy it as much as I did Descender. And I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to some great times. I mean, what are the odds that you're not just going to strip subscribe to this? I already did. Okay, well, there you go. So the odds are hundred <laughs> percent not are not great that you're not gonna not subscribe. Indeed. All right. Well, yeah. I thought. I mean, again, I don't know how much this would appeal to people that didn't read the first run. Uh, I oh, oh duh. So of course I, I ran it when I talked to these two. I, I said, "Is Tim Twenty One going to be in this book?" And they were both like, "Obviously, we cannot tell you that." Which, which to me tells me he's going to be here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, come on. It's got to be. Somehow, I mean, some way. But how long? How soon? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I well, I have more my concert sheet of the concert. I have a I have a Tim Twenty One custom made T shirt that I wore to this signing. Oh man, which they were yeah, and they were both like, oh, that's fucking awesome. So I mean, but I need, I need more, 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 more. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. That's right. It's called banners. All right, for next week, we've got three books. One of which we've already read, courtesy of David Pepo's uh, Spencer Unlocked Two, oh, Number One. Like, it, it's uh, Pepos. Pepos. Um, so we will talk through that once more. And then we've got Deceased, number one out of DC Comics. This is a mysterious technovirus has been released on Earth, infecting 600 million people and turning them instantly into violent, monstrous engines of destruction. The heroes of the DCU are caught completely unprepared for a pandemic of this magnitude and struggle to save their loved ones first. But what happens to the world's greatest heroes if the world ends? New York Times bestselling writer Tom Taylor returns with a terrifying new tale, and is joined by artist Trevor Harrison and Stefano Gaudiano. It's great. Cool. Let me catch my breath. And then out of Black Mass, <laughs> out of Black Mass Studios, uh, Nobody is in Control, number one of four. When Richard sees a man run through his yard, he follows him out of concern. This deep in the woods, he must be lost, must be in trouble. But soon it's Richard, it's Richard in peril as, his, as the stranger drags him into a deep, twisted web of conspiracy going back hundreds of years. This is by Patrick Kindlon and Paul Tucker. Cool. All right. Well, what else did uh, did we get to here? Well, my by the way, my only concern is hopefully we can find this black mask. But yeah, that's that's always iffy. They are cagey. Mm-hmm. All right, so I read Wicked Divine number forty three, which to me could have been almost the last book of the whole series. Have you have you read this yet? Yes. All right, so we have advanced more and more and more about like Ananki is is the character that that has been you know, sort of always in the background sort of being a puppet master right. and we learn how she's made this happen and to me this i have to say after books and books and books of being like i'm over this the reveal that she made was very eye-opening to me mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts on this um uh, i mean not deep thoughts i i really i still really wish this i hate to not sound like i'm like not excited about this ending and finally getting here but i wish this would have happened like two trades ago yeah so we're talking like 12 books ago yeah i mean at least a trade ago because i used to get this book and be super excited and read it right away uh brush up on things and now it's like it's not the first thing i get to especially in a week where ascender and heroes in crisis and runaways come out yeah i'm like uh, i will i'll get to that um but listen i'm excited that we've learned some things what are there two issues left yes okay um listen i'm excited to see how it ends but i am i think as i hit the next issue and obviously the last one it will move back just by virtue of of that happening and ending it'll move back to being a book that i kind of read right away to finally zip it up i'm a big fan of finishing uh books 
Yeah, so, and zip uh, it out. Yeah. Zip it a doodah. Goodbye now. <laughs> yeah, yes, but like, I, I, and again, I, I realize that we don't spoil too much on the on this show here, but like, to me, that one reveal to me was like, what the f- really? That's yeah. that that's okay. All right, that's that's a big that's a big advancement in the story that uh, we've been sort of hiding the ball on. Um, I read Age of X Men Extremist number three, which what happens in this reality? Um, they don't have sex. That's correct. Mm-hmm. You're no, no one's getting laid in this reality. Um, and I just, I, I feel like I'm really limping along with this concept. And I'm, t- no pun intended, I'm limping along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it just, it's like whatever. I just, I, Silex in this, the, mm, yeah, fine. Here's in Crisis Eight. Now, this to me is a bigger deal because we, we are getting ever closer to the conclusion of, of this story, which is next issue, right? Um. Yeah, that's right. I- issue nine is is, is, the, is the final run mm-hmm. where we finally, you know, we, we've learned who killed the people and how they did it and why they did it. Uh, it's it's something. And mm-hmm. in fact, you know, Tom King has been threatened with his life over this. That's so fucking dumb. I, I, exactly. Listen, there's been so many times when people who write books like this, uh, but they're called books of fiction, and they get threatened by fans that have a certain and i get it to me comics do have a certain amount of maybe not so much as i get older and older and maybe it's the same for you where you feel a level of emotion and passion for what happens to to these characters that could be played out for years but it's not worth killing the writer over what are you like misery yeah it's bad yeah it's a it's a book it's a fiction story and the whatever has happened in it uh, may very well change by the next issue and the next or the next storyline. So uh, chill out, please. Yeah, don't don't, <laughs> I mean, like, don't 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 kill people. Yeah, I mean, I've read a lot of of uh, with this book. I always read a lot of some of the in depth reviews because for a while I didn't quite understand what was going on. I still it was, the the reveal is great and everything, but there's a lot of theories out there of is this even still what really happened? We're waiting for Tom King to throw like another twist in the final issue. Um, so yeah, lots to unravel here. It's a Tom King book that is mind bending in all sorts of ways. Um, and turning out to not be my favorite Tom King book, but I'm, I'm glad that I've been on this little journey though. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I assume this is both the, the last thing that both of us read and that is Runaways 20. Uh, this was the fallout, um, from the last book. Um, team is still in flux. Um, you know, it seems as though they're going to be entering in a new storyline, uh, sort of trying to, uh, repair things and mend some relationships they've got going on. I'm still very thankful that this book is around. Like if you would have told me when we started this, that it was going to be 20 issues and be basically reviewed fairly well to, I'm trying to pull up the CBR right now of it. Um, and the series as a whole has an 8.5 critic rating, 8.7 user rating. And that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. An average of. 20 issues so listen they're doing a great job rainbow's yeah. doing great i wish chris was uh still drawing but uh that is what it is and uh you know happy it's still around but i mean the art is not as different no. as you would i mean yeah. i mean i do hate it when they change the art yeah but, but i mean also okay. like, I mean, like you said like the, the business these days and we've discussed this to my angst on here and off here uh 20 books is a lot yeah certainly 
it's it is it's unusual. I mean, the fact that you know, Old Man Logan, which I stuck with for a long ass time, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think people must be feeling this a, a particular way. I mean, the Runaways were always such a, a classic book that was done by a very creative and talented team. The fact that they've managed to find new life in 2019 for you know a, a, a respectable amount of, of issues is great. I agree. I'm in. I agree. Uh, anyway, and finally, yeah, uh, one piece of news that I'll that I'll bring up. Um, so, friend of the show, Ashley, was a part. What did she do? The colors or some of the art for this Image Comics book? Uh, Little girls. Uh, excuse me for not knowing exactly what she did on it, um, but it did come out. It is on shelves. Uh, I purchased it on Comicsology. I think it was like nine bucks. Was very happy to support her. I have not read it yet. Nor have I started, but I will. But I uh, wanted to give her the shout out because it's well deserved. What's the book? Little Girls. Okay. Well, that be- this is something hunts people on the outskirts of town. Sam and Leelit are two new friends living in Ethiopia. They're dealing with the kind of problems that all kids have judgmental social cliques, condescending adults, alienation, and a legendary brain eating monster straight out of folklore. Sure, it's not going to be easy, but all they have to do is live through it, showcasing a quietly unsettling plot and building tension similar to. Sabrina and Killing and Dying debut creative team Nicholas something and Sarah Delane construct a poignant story of otherness and mystery and uh, Ashley is credited in the art so and she's her name is on the cover so she's big time now is that true is it true yeah is it <laughs> <laughs> inside joke <laughs> oh <laughs> anyway yeah man uh, sorry but we have no other weekly news though but. That's good. Listen, it's a week dominated by Avengers Endgame. Yeah, I mean, for realsies, dude. And I, I mean, if if only you watched Game of Thrones, we would spend even more time discussing all my stress. And with that, you should uh, tune in next week to TooManyComics.com. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Hit us up online. Love the chats of comics and uh, all the love for Avengers Endgame. We're not super nerds. We're going to dive into the plot and dissect every this and that. Um, oh, take those movies so for nice. what they are. They're a lot of fun. Can we agree on that? I mean, no, I think they, we should delve into it more. Yes, they're fun. <laughs> Until next time, Too Many Comics, hit us up. Uh, bye. I've been reading too many comics.